What's up, y'all? What's going on, y'all? It's your boy Jerry. I'm here with the Crypto Connection crew with Winston and Marcus. What's going on, y'all? Feeling good. Feeling great. How are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good. How you doing, Marcus? Chilling, chilling out here in the hotel. You know my black right. technology. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get into where he's at. He's at a, a nice location, but we're gonna get into it. Um, so it's been a while since we did an uh, episode. This is episode number seven. We're uh, we gonna get right back into it. We're gonna get right back in the groove and start hitting y'all up, hopefully weekly or bi-weekly again. Uh, but let's get right into it. Winston prepared a nice presentation for you all. You know how he do. He, he loves to get his um, crypto great presentation skills on. So I'm gonna turn it over to him to get us started. All right, appreciate that. So let me get my screen share on. All right, let's get this going here. So this is something that I've been working on as part of a, a show I'm, I'm putting together. I think I'm going to call it the Greed Series, but uh, just want to talk about money, money in general, the macro environment, and how do we get to where we are today? Because, you know, it's scary for a lot of people. A lot of things are, are crashing, and some people just don't even know why. Like, how was crypto so hot just a few months ago, and now it's not? So uh, let me let me start off with this video here. This is one of the reasons why the market got so hot. Sitting in this bed in the studio apartment, and I just became a millionaire right now. This is Glauber Contesoto, aka the Doge Father, Slum Doge Millionaire, Reservoir Doge. No matter what you call him, his claim to fame is that he went all in on a meme-based cryptocurrency called Dogecoin. And in 69 days, he went from a struggling music producer to a millionaire. On paper, at least. But before we get started... All right, so that's 2021. That's 2020, 2021. That was the market. Everybody was just throwing money in anything, throwing market money in the air, and people were cashing out. Let's fast forward. This is where we are now. Oh, oh, Google ads. All right, I don't, don't want to see that. No mind. Basically, that was CNBC saying that the market is tore up. Uh, here's a disclaimer. Y'all look at that. Take a snapshot. Don't sue us about anything that we're talking about. All right. So let's let's talk about Bitcoin and, and where Bitcoin is specifically. The market is, is down in general. But if y'all just go back to a previous episode, I know we talked about it before. Bitcoin can drop by 80% at any time. And it has before, and more than likely we'll do it again. And it hasn't quite hit 80, but it's definitely in the 70-something percent range down. So it has fall from the sky, has fall from grace. The moon, if you want to call it, from 60, 69K down to about 20K. And that's that's where we're sitting right now. And if we look at the market cap of Bitcoin from uh, last year to now, we, we've seen that $600 billion up to over a trillion and back down to under uh, around 500 billion. And this is the first time, well, maybe, maybe not the, the very first time, but a lot of people are talking about like historically, Bitcoin doesn't fall below the previous all time high during the last bull market. So it's the first time in history that, that, that this has happened. So how is that? How did that happen? Where, how did, again, how did we get here to this point where all this money came into the market and now it evaporated. Well, you know what happened? This right here. The money printer got turned on. 2020 and 2021, the money printer was going burr. All right? All right, so let's talk about that. And this started before 2020. 
35% of all the money that ever existed got printed in, in 2021 alone. Like that's, that's just crazy to even think about. But this quantitative easing, so QE that you see at the top here, this started way before that. So with one of our previous uh, Fed chairs introduced this form of quantitative easing, so basically buying securities from the market. So the Fed, they have a number of tools to, I don't want to say manipulate, I don't want to use the word manipulate, but to have an impact on what the market is doing uh, at a whole. But back in, you can see in 2008, from way back here, it was about a, a trillion dollars worth of, of QE that was in the market. And you can see this rise over time, but bam, 2020 hits. And look at this, this skyrocket of QE. So basically the Fed buys treasuries off the market. They buy bonds and other securities and they put money in the market. So that's how money is printed. So when people say the Fed is printing money, they're actually buying securities. So that could be mortgage-backed securities. That could be treasury bonds. So it's just like if I bought something from you, you're giving me something and I'm giving you money. And that's how the Fed puts money into the economy. Now, some people just call it fake money. You know, they just basically adding ones and zeros. And I mean, that's that's kind of uh, high happens too. Uh, but basically, just they're putting stuff on their balance sheet. And now they're doing the opposite. So they're doing quantitative destruction and basically not buying all those assets and they're they're doing the opposite. So now they're offloading the asset sheet and that money is not flowing into the market like it did over the past two years. And so this chart I pulled from shadowstats.com, it's a, it's a site that I recommend people look at. They look at inflation in different ways. So they, they give you some statistics that you won't find on some other uh, sources, even some government sources, but they, they pull that data and then they really analyze a number of things. So these lines that you see here is for money supply. There's different levels of money supply. I think it goes up to either five or six, the M1 through M5 or M6. But M1 money is circulating money, so money in checking accounts. M2 is the savings accounts plus the M1 money, any deposits under 100K. And M3 is the M1 plus the M2 plus larger deposits like institutional money market funds. And this chart here kind of mimics what we saw earlier, but then bam, 2020, look at the spike in the M1 supply. So money in checking accounts, that's your money, that's that's our money. Uh, money that's, that's under that 100K mark that's sitting in checking accounts. And you just see, look, look how the supply went after all these years. Look at the M1 supply. And that money just flowed into our households, into your household, everybody's household. So $5 trillion was spent in the last two years, from 2020 and 2021, $5 trillion was pumped into the market. And these are just some of the dates. You got a few billion in March of 2020, and then bam. 2.3 trillion. That was the first big stimulus uh, package that came out. April, another 440, excuse me, 484 billion dollars. And then this is where this is where the party started right here. Summer of 2020, PPP loans, EIDL loans. You had the low wage assistance. You had the student loan uh, forbearance, the housing deferments. You had the car loan deferments. So people had no bills and stimulus checks coming in. And that that PPP uh, loan, I I know. I know in your neck of the woods, people were just running it up left and right. You know, I, I can't tell you the number of calls and texts I got about people saying, look, I can get you cousin. I can get you to rack you real quick. Uh, I got them calls and I'm sure you got them too about people with their PPP loans. Um, but then 2020 is still continuing. And again, 1.9 trillion in 2021. 
and there's possibly more to come. So there's a Build Back Better Act uh, that they're trying to push through. I don't know if this is going to go through or not, but all of this money that went into the economy, that's why we're sitting at this inflation. And it's, it's not just the past two years, but so much money came in that everything skyrocketed, right? Everything skyrocketed. And so prices go up as a result. And this is not a this is not a political thing. Democrats and Republicans spend money. So I know, you know, whatever side of the aisle that you stand on, they're like, oh, it's Biden fault, oh, it's Trump fault, Clinton, Obama, who you can blame all of them, blame every single one of them. This is our debt going back from the 80s. I know some people say Reagan was the best president ever, but he he got some debt and Clinton got some debt, and then Bush got some debt, Barack, all of them, all of them spend a bunch of money. So, you know, hopefully. Y'all can stop beefing about which one is better and which one is not. All right. Um, so where did that money flow through and, and how does this relate to crypto? All right. So let's take a look at this. This chart just kind of breaks down where stimulus money went. All right. So we had the stimulus checks, right? I remember getting check after check after check from the government. And I remember when those checks started coming in, I called my mom and I was like, my, in all your years of living, have you ever got this much money from the government? And she was like, son, yeah, they, they about to give you another one, this and that. I was like, man, something wrong. I said, something is wrong. If they're giving you this much money, it must be terrible. So you got the stimulus checks and say you lost your job. So you got unemployment benefits and then the, the heightened benefit from the Federal Reserve. So people was getting the state and the federal benefit. And let's say you got some children. So you got the child tax credit. And then you got the SNAP assistance. You got the delayed student loans. You got all this stuff coming in your house and then you don't have a bill, right? On top of that, let's say you got the PPP and the EIDL. Let's, you know, Pookie hooked you up. You got the PPP loan. You got your EIDL uh, loan. So you got all this money that flowed into your household. You have nothing but time. You got a bunch of money and no bills. What you going to do with that? Well, I'm going to put this money. I got cash out. I got Coinbase. I got Robinhood. I got some extra cash and I ain't got nothing but time. So that money flowed into all of these apps. These apps, I love them. I love Square, love Coinbase, Robinhood, investing all of them. But all this retail money plus institutional money was flowing through this on the retail side. But that money, you know, I want to put all this on just retail because institutions, they had a bunch of money. So now VCs are just throwing money into any and everything. And so they were putting money into projects that didn't have any real utility. Um, even some of the ones that were promising real utility it still was speculation so they had extra money we had extra money everybody just threw their money into gamestop amc bitcoin doge shiba inu floki unu all the unus that y'all love that's where that money came from so i was watching all in podcasts and they said basically just forget the prices that you saw in 2021 and 2022 because it wasn't based on anything it was just fake money going into the market now, if we back up and look at the market just over time, so from 2009 to 2020, it was just a steady rise. But in Bitcoin itself, from 2018 to 2020, it was basically flat. It went down and then it was flat for a few years and then it went crazy. And why is that? Because just like we were talking about before, all the money that came into the market. So there was really, I don't want to say there was no reason for the market to react the way that it did. Because there was development the entire time in the crypto market and even in uh, Bitcoin itself. But all this, all this money came in. The boom came in because of all the money 
that came in through the QE or the quantitative easing. So you got on one end, people were investing in Bitcoin, but other people heard about the Dogecoin millionaire. They was gambling. They was putting money in and stuff like that. And then you got leverage. So now you can take your, your crypto, you done made 100 racks in your Dogecoin. You can take that, leverage that, take a loan out, right? I'm going to take my loan and I'm going to put in this DeFi and then I'm going to get some more leverage. So I'm going to take 50% off of that and then put it into this other platform and get some more leverage and just the cycle continue. And it wasn't just retail. A lot of large companies and VCs were doing this as well. And this is one that I personally did. Now, this is the far end DJ side. Like this, the, when you hear about DJs, it's like aping into like crazy stuff. So this is not even stuff that I would even recommend. But when you start to see APYs of stuff like this, 30,000, this is even low for some of the, the uh, own forks that was out there. So they had some 60,000, 90,000 uh, APY. That's a sign that it's just too much money in the market. We at the top. And obviously all that stuff folded up. So it was a house of cards, leverage on top of loans, on top of leverage, on top of uh, stable coins, on top of all kinds of stuff. And it, it collapsed. And one of the big ones that helped to pop the market was Terra Luna. And here we are. Terra Luna has had a cascading effect on other things. And I'm sure we, we're going to talk about that today. But um, that's all I had uh, for that part of it. This is going to be a part of a bigger series. So check that out. Subscribe here. Subscribe on my other channel. And that's that's all I got, fellas. Well, I mean, I'm glad you brought the leveraging part because uh, that's important <laughs> personally. Uh, I thought that was the biggest part, honestly, why the crypto market like fell it was because of over leveraging. Not just like you said, your uh, normal consumers, your everyday, but the VC funds, your 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 big equity heads, like your private sector. Like yeah, people will jump in, like I said, bad projects. Uh, like right now, I'm honestly past month is interesting tracking projects that are saying they're going on a yearly hiatus or saying that we are moving our treasury from ETH to USDC <laughs> since we talk about stable coins falling. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, I agree, man. I think the overleveraging part of flash loans at the end of the day at first makes it overleveraging. That's how people are doing on the crypto scene is flash loans. Uh, Ava is a very common protocol. People use it for that. Very popular. Um, and now they are Ava version 2 and I think they're working on Ava version 3 as well. So um, that's, um, yeah, they got to get regulated for sure. Honestly, that's why I never got to flash loan leveraging. It was very when I saw the first YouTube video where you could just literally borrow a thousand dollars off of a hundred dollars basically. And then as long as the interest rate that you're borrowing is lower than the next loan you're going to grab with that thousand dollars, you could just compound. So you could turn a hundred into like a million in like 10 minutes or something like that. And it was crazy. And I didn't really believe it, but you honestly can, you honestly can, like you can really just do it. And it's, it's wild. So yeah. like I said, DJs, I don't I'm not about the DJ stuff is, yeah, it's risky. It's risky. So, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, man. Yeah, yeah, man. That was that was a great presentation, man. Um, so that was that was great, bro. Like, I, <laughs> I didn't I didn't realize it was that much money they pumped to the uh, government. I mean, to, to the economy. I knew it was a lot, but I didn't knew it was that much. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, um. So that's crazy. Yeah. Right. Great presentation, man. Um. Thanks. So thank go, go ahead. What you about to say, Winston? No, I think I think um. You know, it, I think more people are paying attention to it now because 
you know, I, I remember I was talking about inflation like last summer and nobody really cared. You know, I, I would talk about, you know, man, we got 6% inflation, 7% inflation. And people just like, well, man, I, I still get my stimulus check. So it, I don't care how much I inflate, you know, I'm getting <laughs> so much money. But now that, you know, the party, the music will stop, they don't turn on the second line music, you know, it's time to go home. And, you know, there's no more checks coming in and you go to the grocery store and your bill is off the chain and your electricity bill. Then you go get the gas. You just like, wait, hold on. What's going on? So now when I talk about these things, people are like, hey, that's what happened. So I, I think just knowing, like having a good idea of what's going on at the economy at large, you can really drill down and like, OK, now this is why real estate is doing this. Stock market and crypto it's, it's all it's all tied together. Yeah, I gotta say, personally, as of like 2022, I have to say that at this point, crypto, everything's in tandem. I, I can't really say people, when people say crypto doesn't move with the Spy or the Kiku Q, I'm like, what are you guys looking at? Because they're definitely, they all go in tandem. Like you were saying, on microcycles this year, I got a pretty deep in microcycles myself, and 100%, man, they follow. I, honestly, the past two, three years, Bitcoin and the Spy and Ethereum, honestly, have been trading each other. Like, I know that the downs ups might be a little sharp, but those charts are pretty, pretty close. <laughs> so the way I see it, yeah, they're, they're, we're all in tandem now, like as well as real estate. Like you're saying right now, what people are rolling back permits and old constructions. And I hear in Texas, man, they're just like they're a bunch of old ones so back behind they have to reduce the pricing. So now they're getting new construction homes for like 280. So it's kind of crazy right now. But it's like who wants that interest rate of like 7.6 right now to get a home mortgage loan? So it's a balancing act, I hear. Mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, I agree. Definitely in tandem. Yeah, that's what's up. Um, so uh, let's go to you, Marcus. Uh, please let the people know where you at right now, what location you at right now, doing this uh this podcast. Um, tell them what you mean getting into for the last couple of days. Facts, facts. Um, uh, right now I am currently at Black Technola. It is the second official Black Technola Hub event in uh, Louisiana, New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, they had one prior to COVID, so this is like the first real big one right back at it. It's actually pretty great. Um, personally, the first time I've ever been surrounded by. Completely, and I want to say this honestly, completely black tech crowd. We're talking fintech. We're talking blockchain technology. We're talking content creators from the metaverse, from 3D Blender designs to Unity to just people making music videos for digital production to photography. It's it's really a, a beautiful site, man, honestly, for the New Orleans community, knowing that Technology Hub is really building out. And in turn, that they're really trying to push their own cybersecurity community. Um, you know, just one of the beautiful things I've seen in a long time. Actually, why I moved here, uh, I'm sad it took eight years for it to really develop and become something, but it's finally something. So, yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, oh, hold on. What's to tell the people about the what's coming up next? Um, yeah, Black Technola. What's the up, upcoming uh, festival that's coming up this weekend? Yeah, I was going to say this weekend. Yeah, I know Black Technola today is the last day. Uh, today was a uh, video games media. Yesterday was a uh, NFT Black and NFT. So that was very interesting talking about uh, we had an OG. His name was um, Israel Wilson. He has been this is about 2012, man. Yeah, yeah Wilson knows. Yo, why <laughs> I met this gentleman, talked to him one on ones, drinking, had a great time. Like literally, um, actually, he offered me a job, so we'll be working together eventually on some couple projects. I'm uh, doing some uh, consulting work for him. He's got another group project he's running down here in October. Um, I'll make sure I push that information out to everybody because the educational program switch to the city. It's gonna be a yearly thing. Um, and there's also this weekend, free event, uh, Essence Tech. Um, I know if you people are familiar with Essence Festival, uh, if you go to the website, they have a tech section now. It's completely free. 
Um, it's a convention center, three days, whole metaverse, VR headsets. And, you know, um, one of the biggest metaverse creators, Artsy, is going to be there. She's a she's a star. Like she's magnificent. And she's doing the whole booth thing. It's going to be a great experience. That's what's up, and, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I guess as far as people looking for careers and stuff, uh, this was more like a networking event, uh, career fair kind of thing. So you had JP Morgan for the biggest and Amazon for the biggest like plays here. Medium plays, you had T-Mobile, um, shoot, some of the local construction companies. You had the um, city undevelopment programs. Uh, you had the uh, uh, historical society was here. Um, you had, I think I'm missing one more, man. Oh. The tourist commission group that got built in 2021 and now push funding to businesses into who provide tourism and also help push New Orleans culture and preserve it. Um, so that is a big push. Getting uh, local New Orleans artists internationally, um, that apparently is a big push for the city and getting them digital and make sure that people can see them around the world and get and, uh, merchandise sales. They're really pushing that. So um, I'm looking, there's a lot of grants for the people doing tech and tourist business combination and getting uh, the word out there and stuff like that. So I'm also going to try to look up with that. And uh, that's woman ran, woman held. And uh, basically, there's like two women right now in City Hall that are basically like the queens of metaverse kind of thing. So, and that's your line to Central, who I also talked to yesterday about this stuff. So I talked to Central and the sheriff of NOLA, and they're all looking to get enlightened and educated on blockchain and how it can incorporate and be used in the city for services and like help us long term. Um, also, uh, Nick's the big parade. You guys know the big social group here in the city. They also joined up with our the um, what's the football player Saints guy really popular has a foundation here. Um, what's his name? Drew Brees, I guess his name. Uh, Drew, yeah, he, oh, yeah, I'm a football guy. You know, I don't really care. I'm not. I don't care. I'm a Dolphins fan. <laughs> Miami Dolphins fan. Yeah, yeah. The, only the biggest Saint ever. Anyway, so this is he has. He's got a guy. He's got a lot of um, education programs for kids, right? And that's his push and charity. Uh, he's got a. He teamed up with Nick's. They have a 40-kid program they're opening up, I think, next month. And there's and they have a whole little community. They bought out. They're leasing uh, Eiffel. Remember Eiffel, the club? They got shut down. They're leasing out that space. I went to it yesterday. It's beautiful. They're using it to educate 40 kids on how to blockchain, get into blockchain, minting, and selling NFTs from start to finish. Uh, from that point on, a better prototype, they'll learn how quickly we do more onboarding, getting more kids educated, spreading the word to the adults, and uh, doing more things to the community. That's what they're trying to do. So I might look link up with them a little bit more. They got a lot of community support from like uh, Big Frida and a few other, you know, big names. But it really is a group for like the one percenters and all that. Like the head of it is some venture capitalist fun guy. I look up to him and stuff like that. It's, it's a little one percentage. They're kind of trying to take advantage of people who know more of the technology. But uh, they do have the funding and the resources. So I'm going to see what I can do with that. So um, besides that, a lot of black coders, man. A lot, a lot of black coders here. That's that was always great. A lot of black and women coders. Let me, let me note that. 80% women. It's crazy. I, there's nothing but women here, honestly. It's way more women than men here. Straight up. Um, <laughs> Man. Yeah, brothers, brothers, we got to catch up. Yeah, I don't understand why we're not. Like, I grew up seeing a lot of older tech guys. But looking at this event, it's like women are the ones talking. They're the ones speaking. They're the ones running the booths. They're, the, they're literally a woman. I think his name is Sandra. I don't want to say her name wrong. The one who actually running this organization. Like, it's interesting. Like, it's women are literally leading everything in tech in the city and a lot of other things. But it's, it's just interesting. I'm like, man, why are, why are there no men at all in any of these circles, positions, talking, speaking? Like, the, the host is um, the local guy here is a... Um, Oh man, what's his name? 
shoot, man. And I forgot his name. The dude with the dreads. He's a local guy. I feel like you've probably seen him. DC Paul. Mm-hmm. He, he's like he's their host here. Other than there's no other like male, really, there is no other guys here doing it. I've met some like Wall, Black Wall Street guys a couple times, but they're just like visiting and checking things out. But no, no one here's really like for male tech. No one's really doing stuff, man. Uh, a lot of women-owned tech companies, man. I saw Rancho Woman yesterday. She runs her own cybersecurity firm out of here, Atlanta, Mississippi, and California, man. She's, a, she's mm. killing it, man. Destroying it. So she's doing some chapters here. Women are killing it. Like they. They ain't wasting no time, bro. They really aren't. And they're educating themselves. Mississippi, dude, they got their, their tech sector. These people are sleeping on them. There's some there's some tech women out there who, who are willing to do some work, coding, back-end developer stack work. Like, it's crazy. So there's potential. But I don't know why people sleep on themselves when it comes to tech because they're missing out. Missing out for sure. Well, I think the issue is a lot of males in IT don't really attend conferences. Like, Oh, yeah. Oh, they I really can see. Don't IT conferences. We really, I can see. We really don't. I'm looking around like, you know, no. like, really don't. Yeah. Like, like I live in the city, and I, I knew about the Black Technola, but I only knew about it because uh, because of you. And then uh, I signed up a year ago, but I forgot all about it. If you ain't say anything about it, I wouldn't even know anything about it. So, so everybody said the same thing. They're not good at marketing their uh, Black Technola. Really did a good nah, job. They saw it on billboards. And I was like, I was, I found out about it. I was literally googling. NFT meetups in the city because I was so mad. I'm like, I'm trying to find collaboration work with people to do this stuff. I couldn't find it. And I found these guys on Google. So like I had to find it myself. So I feel you. Do you All see right. a lot of uh, do you see a lot of black blockchain NFT companies that reside in New Orleans? Ooh, man, I have been that was my number one question. I was like, who is hiring for blockchain? Like JP Morgan, are you looking for it? Amazon, are you looking for it? T Mobile, like do you know I was like, I'm building a blockchain resume as we speak. But uh yes. Um, Amazon is hiring. They're looking for all sectors from the sales to the marketing to the, the research to the coding front end and back end. Eric JP Morgan, they're, they're running a very aggressive um, computer science hiring right campaign right now. So any type of programming, software engineers, they're about it for sure. Um, yeah, I, I haven't had nothing but good things, but honestly, in the city, it's really local projects. A lot of people locally. Uh, I ran into a gentleman here. He's working like, he's got his own company, retired, but he's doing things on the side for the city. Um, like I said, the Knicks project, um, there's actually two local projects here that's going on. My own project, a couple of guys I linked up here who are who didn't know the knowledge, but had ideas. Like, it's really local, I think, but, but it's all black. I can admit maybe one or two white guys are into it, but it's mostly, honestly, it's mostly black here trying to do the blockchain. So I actually, that's why I really like it. Yeah, as far as companies, there really aren't like really blockchain companies is Web3 and like it, you don't really need an LLC technically, like when you're really kind of doing it, like you're really just building services. But um, I ran into a gentleman, like I said. Oh, oh he, done, he went into the black hole. Yeah. Oh, he's gone. <laughs> he was on the yeah, he'll come back. Yeah, he'll come back. Um, Man, that's 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 good. That's good. I was I was gonna ask uh, you and and him, you know, because I'm I'm up in the Atlanta area. Just what what does it look like in the city now, as far as? My bad. Oh, he's back. He's back. I, I, I didn't mean to. I think so. Uh, what for? I left off with the job. The business is right. Yeah. So like to Isaiah uh, Israel Wilson. He's working on some pushes storage, which is a decentralized package storage system. Competes with IPFS as well as Amazon. Um, and I ran to a gentleman who's trying to make a decentralized like party tracking app. That was pretty cool. Um, P, uh, POS system, 
uh, Israel also is looking to trying to make a POS system on uh, near protocol because clearly Ethereum, you know, maximum about 63 transactions. So you really can't do a POS system on that. So we're looking at um, looking at near nears. There are a lot of things are happening on near, and so a lot of people are building there and. Um, Layer zero, uh, there's upcoming layer zero companies, which I really didn't hear about until yesterday. So there's another reason I'm glad I came because I got educated on that. So basically for people who don't know layer zero, um, just built in interoperability between tokens. No no need for bridges. You can go from Solana to Avalanche to Polygon within seconds, no issues. That's the, in theory, it's still fairly new from my understanding. There aren't any backend applications built up right now at all from my understanding either. It's just people building the, the backend API still. Uh, but I hear it does work. So I haven't used it myself. I actually talked to a gentleman who he's more deeper. He His team actually put on a project on Layer Zero. So I'm actually going to see if I can interview for his project and get some cultivation work with him and get deeper so I can see that as well. So that's uh, pretty cool. And um, not too many people talking about the autonomous secret protocol network. So that's basically blockchain privacy, basically, right? So going out on blockchain with like basically using Google Chrome in, incognito, basically on blockchain. Um, a lot of people are, they weren't talking about it. I think it's privatizing. People want, some people might use private blockchain for like, I don't know, private private exchanges of like private equity money maybe. I don't know. I, I really am trying to see the, the real world implementation of a, of a secret blockchain personally. I don't really care, but whatever. <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> We're building it. But I don't, I'm trying to see it. I maybe because now in the future um we're gonna have sharding right and like if you look at other blockchains like solana has sharding i don't know if you guys know what sharding is but is it sharding or blocking? yeah sharding. just basically being on a block of a block and encrypt it from one into another and confirm it's like an advanced level two version of checksum that's like to me the simplest way to explain it but uh yeah sharding is supposed to be the next step in blockchain right okay so um, um I think uh, Winston, Winston had a question for you. Oh, yeah. I was here. What up, Winston? Yeah, bro. Um, you're probably going to have to have to uh, come back and explain uh, because you said a lot. Like, I, I was following along with you. Yeah, I got but, you. Uh, you know, for the lay person, they're going to be like, man, I don't know what. what right. he's, he's, <laughs> you know, so I was, I was going on, you know, I'm, I'm over here getting excited about just hearing the fact that there are so many uh, African American people that are doing all these different things and like layer zero is like really new and i think that's where it's super the, the market is is moving um and I, I guess a way to kind of bring it home is like the thing about the internet back in the 90s you had a you had like netscape was like a gateway and aol was a gateway and you know now you just get on the internet but you know for, for me I, i'm a little seasoned out here so you know, I do remember when you had to get on a gateway, whereas yeah, now we had the dollar modems. I feel you. I feel you. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, when blockchain gets there, that's but yeah, you're right. That's what we're doing. It's literally the same thing. We're like, yeah, we, re we reinvented Web 2 and Web 3, had the same inefficiencies. And now we're trying to work with inefficiencies out in a more technical and I would say autonomous way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, the, the question I had is really for both of y'all is because I'm, you know, it's been years and that I've lived in New Orleans, in, in the New Orleans metro area. Just what is what is the, I guess, the atmosphere at large like with adoption of blockchain and NFT and, and just the culture around uh, crypto? Because, you know, I know there's a segment. So like you're you're obviously at the, the segment that's in the know. But for, you know, the, the population in general, like, do you see the adoption around the city? Honestly, uh, as past couple of weeks, like I said, I've been looking for uh, actual local galleries I could physically visit. 
uh, as of this month, I've visited two NFT local galleries. Um, and again, I've been to one, my first actual physical in real life NFT creator meetup yesterday. Um, it's, 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 it's people are now, they went from curiosity to being like, I'm interested. I, I, I check it out a little bit more. I think it's growing. I see a lot more people saying I'm making up or opening up more energy galleries. So that's definitely going to be a thing that's going to see moving forward. That's, that's no, no questions about that. Uh, I'm going to move forward my own personal Airbnb NFT experience, honestly. So like, uh, no, nah, I think it's there. When I saw the city itself, like I said, city legislation and city leaders talking about they want to see how blockchain can service our culture and preserve the black community and empower us. I mean, clearly people are thinking about it. It's just the knowledge. No one's educated. No one. Everybody has questions. Everybody's saying they're an expert. Everybody says they've done this and that. And people are they're scared to listen to people because no one knows who they can listen to. Again, Israel Moses has been around for plus 10 years. He's been working with brand names all over the world internationally. He's got his own things going on. You know, he's got his LinkedIn profile. He's accredited, right? Which is why I'm trying to link up with him and get him to freaking literally just push me on his stuff. Because then when he's been hey, this roster, he's my dude in NOLA, then I can keep moving forward. So, but it's like, it really is in blockchain who you know and who pushes you, like who vouches for you, honestly. Because in blockchain, there's no certificate saying, I can guarantee your entry price is going to sell out because you do this type of this so -and -so business model, because you decided to do this type of whitelisting, this type of marketing. Like at the end of the day, no one can say that, you know? So, that's uh, it's education, man. People are about it. People want to see how it can affect us in the real world, but they don't know how to, they don't know what it is. And they damn sure don't know how to build, bro, build it. Right. <laughs> like you said, they got guys like us. So that's why we're here. So my, 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 from what I see on a daily basis, people are still, they not on nothing. Like they ain't really messing with blockchain or crypto. Like they doing the basics, like they're going cash out, buy some coins, hopefully it go up high so they can sell it. That's what they on with crypto. As far as NFTs, they really ain't got, most, most people, unless they on art level or Marcus level, our level, they ain't messing with NFTs either. So as far, like Marcus said earlier, it's, it's education thing. Um, I think when the government finally makes a decision on how to govern blockchain and crypto technology, I think more people will take it more seriously. But we can't wait for that, man. Yeah, I know we, we can't wait for it. I know we can't wait. I'm, I'm just saying from a general person, people who don't yeah. follow anything about crypto blockchain, they're going to wait until the government says, yeah, oh, good. But it's too late. By the time the government it's approves it, exactly. yeah, it's going to be centralized. We're going to miss out on our advancements. It's going to be white-owned, 80%, 90%. Dude, Isaiah, uh, Israel said the same thing yesterday. I said, I was like, bro, we're already behind. We're 10 years behind. If you go look at a country, Europe, Spain, Italy, Australia, what they're pushing for blockchain technology, their policies, and how they implement in the real world, they are they're years ahead of us already, man. Like we are it's embarrassing how behind we are. Again, multiple people said that in this conference, we are behind in tech in general as a culture. We're decades behind. I had a, I had a woman in her fidget telling me in 2022 certificates are way to the future of not be going to college. I had to raise my hand and tell her, ma'am, I graduated in 2010 with no degree and I've been certificate since then. It's been the way since 2008. I'm sorry. We are just really <laughs> late. Like, and I don't, and I don't want to be rude, but I need people in the right frame of mind. We are decades behind. <laughs> right. Exactly. I, I agree 100%. I agree 110%. That's why I'm like, education, anybody I talk to, like, you don't do crypto, I'm getting you a ledger. I'm getting you a MetaMask. Like, I don't care if you don't want to. You you, you messing with me or talking to me, you about to know what this is. Period. 
<laughs> we, we can't get left behind anymore. And I hate, like, we can't, bro. This is one of the last chance. I said this yesterday in public. A recession, a war, technology advancement. The three times in anybody's life you can increase your wealth without needing actual money. It's just gaining a skill. This is it, bro. We can't yeah. miss this for our communities. We can't miss it for our kids. You know, we can't miss it for our kids' kids. Yeah, I, I think, man, you're hitting it right on the head because, you know, a lot of people are fearful right now. It's 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 funny how people are, you know, now I'm getting calls and texts. Man, you all right? You Me know, too. I, I, saw, I saw on CNBC, man, that whole thing. Cra- I'm like, man, where y'all was at last year when I was out here running up? But, you know... <laughs> I'm like, you're okay. I'm like, man, I ain't hurt you in a year. That's, that's all you got to say. But yeah. I'm glad that this is happening because a lot of trash is being washed out the market and it was getting too loud. Like, you know, you said something really powerful. He was like, there's all these experts out here and people don't know who to listen to. And it was getting, it was getting just too loud. You know, we seen it. We see it with every self. influencer. Every yeah. influencer. Every exactly. athlete, every actor is like, come on, guys. Everybody had obviously just regurgitating the same thing. And I get like Israel Moses from the top down, people are just listening to Twitter spaces, okay, and going to another space and saying the same thing. It's like, bro, you're not actually doing anything beneficial. You're not actually being a voice, a creative voice that's making people think about deeper things. And that's what I realized, like, yeah, coming to here, I was like, yeah, that's what I have to do. It's like you have to make people think, ask harder questions. People ain't doing that. People were saying the same stuff, bro. I'm like, no, nah, we ain't got time for that. We need to advance our community. <laughs> yeah, but it's you know, it's, it's it's getting quiet again, and this is well quiet. You know, I, I had somebody from high school. They they text me and it was just oh, I'm not, you probably don't see it, but he texted me and he was like, man, I'm 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 getting out the market, and I'm like, the market's down. Yeah. I was like, buy low, sell high. He was like, yeah, I know that's yeah. what you're supposed to do, but I'm out, and I'm just like. <laughs> He just said I'm out. He, he why he out? He, he, he and then, and we can't then be friends. We can't be right. friends. That mindset. We can't. We can't lose my number too. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna keep talking to him. But then he was like, "When the bull market comes back, then I will get back in." And I, I was just like, "You That's know how this works, right?" You know. So it's it, it's so many different areas that we do have to teach on. Is yeah. like there's the the technology part of it that people need to understand, but then just general financial literacy you know it's just like this the psychology around money yep. is just so interesting you know people can go in the store and they see a 75 percent off sign and, and they'll they'll buy stuff on credit yep. but let their 401k go down let their crypto go down and then they sell yep. and then it goes back green and then they buy and then it goes red and they sell and it, it, it's just amazing that you know that exists uh in this but you know it's a lot of trash that's being flushed out you know, Celsius. Uh, I got a story about Celsius. You know, I had some money on there. Uh, Anchor. I had some money there. Is <laughs> getting flushed out. There's one guy. I won't say the name. He's real loud. You know, he, he wears his millies and his protects and he's, he's going Gucci shopping all the time. And he has, you know, this protocol where you put money in and you get a guaranteed 30 something percent return. So if you if you know who it is, you know who I'm talking about. But a lot of this stuff is is getting flushed out, and now it's like the focus is on the tech, and so it's, it's good, man. You you said Israel uh, Wilson, and um, yeah, I had a opportunity to, to co-interview him a while back, and man, he dude has been in this in the NFT space since like day one. But I was I said 2012, like around yeah, he's he's right. back, man. He's, he's OG for real, and a OG. black OG, so it's like his internet, yeah. But it's, it's like, like one, it's like maybe two. Like, this is like to see a black OG in crypto. Where 
publicly speaking, trying to put out the knowledge for free, encouraging, enlightening, and then bringing other black people on into his businesses to get, so he can help grow yours and he can bring other people. That's what he wants to do. He wants to make an umbrella of NFT Corporation, all black owned, all black businesses. And he, he believes in equity. So he's like 1% equity in multiple businesses. And I'm like, yeah, I'm with you on that. That's how we make real money. Well, I don't want 100 equity in one business where I get 1% equity in multiple businesses that all make money. Agree. I agree. Yeah. So Dude, we're also, he's he's a philosopher. He's bro, yeah, I, yeah, I, he's, yeah, he's yeah. Well my biggest my biggest issue is a lot of people are like when Winston said earlier, they they got too much information out there and people don't know who to trust, especially when people talk about crypto stocks and real estate and how you can buy rental cars and buy cars for two row or you can get grants from the SBA. They got all this trash out there. And so a lot of people are like they don't know what to do. They don't know which direction they want to go in. Because at one point, they got us, guys like us, who are saying crypto is the future. But then they got people, nothing is bad about it, but they got people that focus on strictly solely real estate. And they say real estate is forever because people always need somewhere to stay. And then they got people that strictly own stocks. If you want to make money, you got to invest in these stocks. You got to learn how to invest. You got to know about futures, stock options, all these other stock strategies or whatever. So there's too many industries that are popping right now by social being promoted by social influencers and regular Joes are just doing what these people say verbatim instead of doing actual research and training. So yeah, I, I think that's a huge issue. Like I know like even the guy you talk about Israel, what's his name? Israel, what was his name? Wilson. Uh, Wilson. I never even heard of him. Like it's my first time um hearing about him until you said something. So that's another issue. That we're not also uh, publicizing or promoting our black entrepreneurs yeah. who are in the tech space or blockchain space. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why we created the show to get the word out. But uh, that's why I think the issue lies. But um, okay. go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree on the put on that. Like I said, blockchain in black community isn't attractive, man. As a black man trying to date, I'm not like, I talk to my black <laughs> women from around the world, bro. The most unattractive thing to have on your dating profile is crypto and NFTs. Like, and I'm not lucky when I talk to women, like, since that's what I do in my spring of time, that's my hobbies, bro. They're not trying to hear that. Like, most of the, and quote from both of <laughs> you guy that comes to me talking about crypto and NFTs, they automatically think you're a broke dude who doesn't do anything for your life and you're going to be a bum. <laughs> that is like the sentiment, bro. <laughs> so, yes. You're right. We need to change. You're 100 right. Like, 100% right. So, so you know it's true. Are you serious? So no. if you go out with a girl, me for, for, for context, me and me and Winston are married. Yeah. So you telling me if you put if they think you're in crypto, they think you bro. <laughs> and this is women telling me, educated women who make money, like they're you know in their they're settled, right? They're they're secure. These are very you know, successful women. They're telling me this, like, yes, that is this comment. So they to the point she said before they swipe, they text their girlfriends or call them on video chat, then make fun of the guy before they swipe left on him. Again, a woman told me this. Multiple women told me this. All right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so yes, we, we have to fight a very strong uphill battle, which also kills it because when I see the black woman here, also well, I mentioned this in a in a conference twice. This this whole experience of me dating in the tech field, and all the black tech women who own the business were just like, I can't believe you're struggling. It's because you guys all work in tech. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um. <laughs> You know, bro, and that, that goes that goes to the point that you was talking about earlier. We we ten years behind, so fast forward ten years. You know, when this is common, 
and NFTs, you know, all the new Louis, the new Gucci and, and, and you know, et cetera, et cetera, then it'll be different. But, you know, largely, you know, unfortunately, you know, people have to have a, a base layer understanding. And a lot of times, you know, when, when stuff is explained, it's so high level to people just like, man, I don't, you know, I, I know I probably should get into that, but it's just like, you know, either one, it doesn't, it's not presented in a way where it's interesting. And the two is like, man, it's work. Like, this, I got to, you know, get by this and then, you know, install this. And, you know, right there, when, when you say install, people just like, pass phrases. No one wants to do pass key yeah. phrases. Yeah. Yeah. I got to do, do, do a digital hard key. So, I mean, yeah. hard key. Sorry, that's yeah. a hard game. I got right. entertaining, man. You're right about that. A woman told me she was like, "Well, you're boring." <laughs> 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 and I was like, "Well, I mean, like, she's like, you gotta make it more entertaining." <laughs> yeah. So you're right. It needs to be more attractive, more entertaining. It needs to be look fun. You're right because a lot of people aren't. They don't because it doesn't look entertaining. Like it's not fun. And it's. Well, it's not, I'll give them that. It's not. But right. I will say this is even me being a technical uh, IT person with a tech background. It's a, it's, it's, it's a lot to learn about blockchain and it's a, it's a huge learning curve. So I can see why a regular person would be frustrated with cryptocurrency because mm-hmm. when I come on the show, I'd be learning something different week. I mean, just, uh, just us talking on a text thread, <laughs> I'd be learning something from y'all. So, because yeah. crypto is, is such a huge space to, uh, to, to know. So what would y'all recommend um, someone to do just to learn this to basic information um like just should they just learn how blockchain works and then go from how the basis of blockchain then go to nft and learn about nfts and then once you finish learning about nfts then go to small contracts just to know the basics well you think that will cover everything for a basic person to understand go ahead marcus you go ahead. i was gonna say i need to look up this book but i was here's a i'm not a book guy myself but uh Man, I don't know that book. I, honestly, just the origins of blockchain, the basics. So everybody needs to have a good fundamental, good core strength, right? So fundamentals, right? Uh, you, the origins of blockchain. And not only that, the reason why we code and why code exists, those are the fundamentals. You can't really move forward in blockchain without knowing those, personally. I mean, that's the facts. And after that, you can look at smart contracts. But, I mean, you don't need to do smart contracts. You want to want to code or you're a collector. Okay. Yeah, I would I would say um you know it's kind of like all right we look at any any asset class uh you know this is specifically tech so it's like there's so many different angles that you can come in I do agree with uh Marcus that you need to have at least a base layer understanding of, of what it is like what is blockchain so even if you start with like how I started I, I mean I didn't know what it was I just played videos and it was like Chinese when I first got into it but you know as I I just kept listening. So, you know, I, I like tech. I like listening to real, but most people think it's like extremely boring, but I do like hearing about all the different, you know, proof of work versus proof of stake and, and all that and sharding and, and, you know, ZK roll-ups and I, I mean, all that all that's interesting to me, but I understand for most people it's not. So I have a friend that doesn't really understand blockchain, but he's successful at, flipping nfts and so he doesn't know like he he can't even like we talk and i assume because he was so successful at flipping nfts that he had a base layer understanding 
with blockchain. And he doesn't. No, you don't right? need no blockchain for NFTs. Yeah. Right. But that's that's his niche, you know. Yeah. And so I, I would say it's like, OK, what's interesting to you? I'm sure there's something in blockchain itself that appeals to that. If it's luxury brands, you know, it's Luxo. You know, if it's, it's specifically NFT, you know, it's, it's like there's so many different ways to, to get into this. And I think people could start there and then go down that rabbit hole and then, you know, it'll, it'll open up uh, for you. But it's just like anything. And then, you know, you might hear some stuff and be like, this is not for me. So, you know, I don't want to push it on everybody like you have to be here, but you will be here. That's the that's well, I mean, point. And that's why well, we well, tell that's my thing. Like, that's my thing. Like people need to know, like blockchain technology is here to stay. Like it's it's coming. You need to know blockchain. It's like you need to know financial literacy. But I think people just don't. They just think, oh, blockchain gonna fade away. Like no, blockchain is here to stay. Yeah. So I, I want to be with Jerry. You mentioned earlier about um eventually how we would get adopted in the black community, like normalized, right? Sadly, as much as we're gonna try and push our education, do what we can. You know, historically, these push and efforts haven't really resulted into positive in our culture and communities. So, like, be realistically, honestly, sadly to say it, but I probably I don't think our culture is really going to fully adopt it and normalize it until it's we federally and statewide get like social security cards, birth certificates, state IDs, licenses like that, both on a blockchain, your mortgage, your car warranty, maintenance, stuff for your insurance. Like, when those get federally mandated and put on blockchain, sadly, that's probably when it's going to get mass adopted. Like things like that have to be blockchain moving forward. And I understand a lot of people are like, oh, it's going to take a lot of jobs. Sadly, there are a lot of people pushing jobs that don't need to be there. We're wasting a lot of money. Like, think of when you buy a house, freaking, what is it, the freaking lending officers? Um, the signing, I forgot what it's called, man. I just forget. But the uh, onboarding, what's it called? All people, the contracts and the insurance. Oh, you're talking about underwriting. Yeah, the underwriting oh. process, man. Yeah, you know, underwriting. Yeah, money? underwriting. It, we spend, I don't know how much you guys spent, but I think my underwriting all charged me like eight grand. All that you talking about, about when we do when you do the closing, like yeah, the, yeah, underwriting yeah, process. Yeah, title places, title places. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, the underwriting. So uh, my yeah. point of view was like, did you know there's companies now that use machine learning and AI to reduce that living cost and also make it so it only takes less than ten minutes? So these companies taking weeks. So you imagine that on blockchain. Just saying, like, so yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna happen, but I don't think it's gonna happen until like I said, it's gonna be too late. It's gonna be normalized, it's gonna be forced. It's gonna be like, you need to get the new ID by this date. Remember when the real ID is rolled out? It's gonna be like that. Right, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That that's but that's that's when people gonna take it seriously. Once yeah, it's but that's gonna, gonna be too late, it's gonna be too late by then. Yeah, because right. now it's gonna be centralized government. It's gonna be way too late by then. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think that's truthful answer your question. That's probably when it's gonna be for our culture. It's gonna be when it's when we're forced to because we need to go to a plane or get our ID so we can go to a freaking shop to get a beer or fly somewhere. Like it's not truthfully, our culture isn't gonna do it to better our wealth or our intelligence unless we're just shoving it and you just know, like you said, you know us, you're in this field. Like you said, like you said, once you you know it's quiet in the social space, but if you're in the builders and creators, we're all traveling right now. There's this whole month is nothing but NFT conferences. Everybody's linking up, drinking, networking, and working on projects. People are making new projects. Infrastructure is getting built again, version three. New bridges are getting made. New UXs are getting identified and created so people don't have to worry about clicking on different wallets and doing all this crap. So now, nah, outside of the bear market, people think, oh, there's nothing happening. You're asleep. People who are in the scene, <laughs> they are building it up. And y'all are going to love this shit two years from now. Yeah, man. Um yeah, man, you, you, you said a lot. You said a lot that the, there's, all right, so this is like born to, you know, the, the lay person, but like, you know, the, the on-chain data, you know, what it's saying now as far as the building, 
um, and, and where that's flowing. But even like, you know, Solana's building a phone. Oh, well, there's already pre-orders for a phone and HTC is releasing the blockchain phone. Yeah, a lot of people were talking crap on Solana blockchain yesterday, actually. And yeah, Tesla. Yeah. You know, all right. I don't, I don't know. We can get to it later, man. That's deep. That's deep stuff. Yeah, that's a developer back in like conversation. Yeah, I learned I learned a little bit about Solana that I didn't know, and I learned a lot about Tesla's yesterday that I didn't know. I'm I was a big, I'm still personally a big Tesla fan, but I didn't know they were completely centralized. So now I realize that's why they do such a hard marketing push for artists because they are fully centralized. I was like, oh, it's interesting. So yeah. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see who's who's the winner. Um, in there's gonna be no winner. It's gonna be a bunch of roads. There's no there's no need. We were talking about yesterday. There's no there's no no one needs to win. We need multiple blockchains. We need multiple coins. They all do different things. They are made for different developing standards. There's no more. Oh, there's gonna be a king. I hate no. We are gonna work together. This sector is going to evolve together. We're either gonna combine. That's it. We're gonna we're just gonna combine. <laughs> Period. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't necessarily talking about like a winner, but you know, there's there's gonna be some losers. Like you know, top ten. You know, it, it will change next year, five yeah. years from now. So that's going to continue to evolve. But you're, you're absolutely right. The 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 mass NFT, and it, it probably won't even be called NFTs then, you know. Just, I just think like, the same thing, because I think it's too too much of a technical term, right? Right. People, yeah. So people kind of get lost in that. And, yep. you know, even like with cryptocurrency, I hardly, I hardly say currency. I'm just like, just crypto, because people get lost in that. And I'm just like, okay, you know, but the, it's the... It's the, you, you can't say crypto anymore. Yeah. So, Dude, yeah. A, guy, a marketing chick told me literally two days ago, she's like, what's your name of your gallery? I was like, it's the Rosser Crypto Gallery. She's like, ooh, nowadays when people think about crypto, they think it's scam. You got to change that. I was <laughs> like, and it was interesting because she's a marketing for a living. So when she told me that, it just like, it, like damn. It yeah, does make sense, though. Yeah, she's telling it's me the, the truth. truth. And she's, like, she's like, you need to turn it. She's like, you have to have NFT in the name. And I was like, she was like, what? And she said what you said. Eventually, NFTs won't be called NFTs. And a lot of people were saying the same thing. But originally, you like she was like, change it to roster NFT gallery, crypto gallery. She's like, don't do it. <laughs> so like, yeah, against what you're saying. I, I yeah, hundred percent. Real world experience from another person outside of the blockchain, still agreeing to what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's gonna be it's, it's gonna be forced on us in so many different ways. So yeah. you know, the, the central bank digital coins are coming, and if you want. Massachusetts already did it. All right, Massachusetts Bank already did it. I think has uh things Massachusetts. There's two banks that already let you hold assets, crypto assets in their bank locally. Think yeah, so it's coming. I mean, some other countries are, they already have their versions yeah. of it, and you know they will say that okay, if you hold your money in the the currency, the regular currency, you're going to get a negative two percent interest rate, or you can have our beautiful. You know, government ran central bank coin, and you can get a one percent interest rate. FDIC insured, gonna <laughs> be FDIC insured. You know, the regular dollar is not gonna be FDIC no more after this date. What what is everybody gonna do? You want your snap? You got to get this this new blockchain. <laughs> yeah, let's go, but that's true. Though. <laughs> so on, like, I mean, that's that's what's gonna that's happen. True, yeah. So on that centralized true. banking structure, on that one, so I would love to ask you, how do you uh, feel about um ownership, right? So actually being your own custodian of your crypto assets versus letting a centralized banking infrastructure that's supposedly insured by a federal institution holding it. How do you feel about that? Personally, I'm more about, again, I'm more educated than most. I'm more about taking full control of my own finances and managing my own crypto assets personally and being my full custodial owner. But how do you feel about that? I mean, if you don't have the keys, it's not your crypto. 
basically. So if yeah. people are giving out and letting these banks, yeah, your banks are in FDIC insured, and yeah, they're gonna give you that two to three percent. But at the end of the day, it's still natural crypto, and they're probably lending your crypto out and leveraging to get make more money off of you anyway. Let's be real. So I want to know you how do you feel about that? So yeah, I, I have my ledger and I have the bulk of my, my crypto and cold storage, but I think this is what's gonna happen. You know, for, for the average person, they ain't gonna care nothing about no keys and they ain't gonna know what it is, right? And so I think it's it's gonna kind of be like like gold. Like right now, you know, you have people that have physical gold, but you, you can't really do anything with it. You still, if you want to convert your gold into something liquid, like you still are gonna have to go to an intermediary. You know, it's like no matter what the asset is, even if it's your house, you know, in order for you to use that in a liquid manner, you gotta go through some process. So I think for those like now, like some people have silver and gold, you know, in storage, I think it's gonna be the same thing. So there's gonna be a segment of us that are in the know that's gonna have our, our keys. But when we're ready to buy a house or we're ready just to buy some groceries with our crypto, we're still gonna have to use the, the federal, whatever it is, you know, that there'll still probably be some back end, you know, channels where, you know, we're going to be the up. If we want to stick true to what crypto is supposed to be, like, we're going to be like the Alaskan Bush people, you know, and they're like, okay, if you want to live in this world where you want to hold your own keys and you want to keep your own crypto, then you're going to have to be off the grid and we're going to have to use the, the secret rails and <laughs> I mean, oh, you're talking about the sovereign citizens. You're talking about the sovereign citizens. I got you. Yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, here you go. We're gonna be yeah, basically, yeah. Sovereign citizens, but you know, to to the day to day, if we want to live comfortably, like, you know, like we do now, we're gonna have to. You know, I mean, we use a cell phone and debit cards, and oh, it's just like uh, I mean, you, you use Ledger Live. I'm sure you. I know you use the app. Ledger's development team is crazy, and they're based in Europe, man, and they got a lot of interaction. Like Wallet Connect, Harbor Wallet Connections. From what I've seen, API has becoming it's getting adopted. So I, I can see maybe in banks in the future just being like, no, if you because banks still want you as a customer, why wouldn't they just install the API for a ledger and let people just connect with the ledger and continue interacting? I don't I don't see why you would be forced to go off from cold storage just so you can interact in the real world. I don't I don't think that's true. Because currently right now you can interact in the real world on on cold storage and not have to connect anything. You know, you know, you know why? These ledger. They don't have a storage of AR-15s and AK-47s, but you know about the U.S. dollar being backed by the military. Got it. You know, it's it's just like at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you know, uh, I mean, we can kind of see it now. The original white paper for Bitcoin. I mean, it's it lives in a certain segment, but the the, the whole idea, the utopia state of what crypto is supposed to be, is like the ship of sale. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's like it's long gone, and so yeah. it's it's going to be a you know this this quasi type. I mean, it's it's all going to be integrated, but you know, I mean, I I don't know, I don't know. Um, I'm an investor, so at the you know, I have my there's a part of me that I'm like, I got my cold storage. But then, you know, from an investment side, I'm just like, okay, JP Morgan is, is getting involved. We know how this is going to shake out. So, yes, I, we I, do. They, you know, they were mining crypto on their desk. Man, them, what? The game is cold, bro. The game. What? Yeah, you didn't know that, dude. JP Morgan has a, a Bitcoin mining uh, um, building. They have their own campus. Let's be real. Right. The, the game. Yo, don't let them fool you. They've been doing it for years, by the way. Like, pri- like, like years. I think I there's an article that states what day they started because they the wallets and everything. Yeah, it was like a requirement for their employees to have their own mining rigs on their desk. It's a whole like article on it. It's crazy. They weren't the only ones though. 
There's others too. Wow. Yeah, the thing. You're like, what? Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, I've never heard of this. Why would they tell you? Why would the rich tell you how they get richer? True. Hey, you, that is a tr- very true statement. Wow. Wow. They got a rig. Wow. Yeah. It's, there's, there's all kind of, you know, stuff that's it's all kind of back in. Yeah. You know, like Mr. Wonderful, you know, Shark Tank, Mr. Wonderful, you know, like since ESG is this whole thing, you know, they talking about like, clean bitcoin mining you know and, and if and we're gonna mark the bitcoin everybody is talking you about know, it's it's so crazy but it's just like okay okay how so we're gonna tag the bitcoin you can only spend this type of bitcoin that's that's how i said like that's where it's gonna be like okay do you want to play over here and, and you know have your you know your nice white picket fence and, and all that stuff you want to live the regular american life or you know you can you can keep your you know, my keys, my crypto, but you're going to be way out there in the woods. I'm, in the I'm going off the grid, baby. I'm going off the grid. I got my solar panels, and I'm ready. Good man, good. I ain't, man. Well, see, that's Jared. You see, this is a single man talking right here. See, when, 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 what, what, what they call, what they call, when they told me when I was about to get married, you about to, once you become domesticated, you uh, way of thinking domesticated. You become like, yeah, like, 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 after 10 years of marriage, I understand. <laughs> After 10 years of marriage, I understand completely. You're gonna, you, they're gonna, hey, bro, they're gonna break you down, bro. It's just gonna happen. No, so you still gonna be you. But you ain't gonna be able to move like the way you, like you're moving now, bro. I'm telling you not. It's it's gonna hurt too. It's gonna hurt at first. It's gonna hurt at first, but then you just, you gonna slowly adjust to it. Then you gonna be comfortable. All right, well, I ain't got to live by. Right, let me just chill. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, 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 I keep you having got me those those I keep I'm having another half. You know. Yeah. That's. That's. with the lamps on because he know. You know what I'm saying. You gonna be domesticated, bro. It's gonna hurt. I'm telling you, bro, it's gonna hurt, bro. It's gonna be the best of us, bro. Sounds like it hurt me more than it hurt you. I don't, I don't think I'm ready for that. That's a good thing. Married men live longer. Yeah, yeah. it's a good man, thing. Bro. A woman told me that. It's true. It's, it's you know. It's no, she did. She some statistical facts, data on that. I was like, okay, okay, you got me. <laughs> hey, you know. Uh, rest in peace, but that. you know, Kevin Samuels talking that noise. Be gone. Marriage do live longer. That is a crazy thing. They, they do. Very, very. They do. Don't worry, bro. You're gonna find you gonna find your you gonna find your significant other, bro. She out there somewhere, bro. You know, so you're gonna find her when you ain't we ain't looking for most most of the time. Which would probably be in the metaverse. Yes. <laughs> Y'all laughed. This lady told me yesterday she wanted her first date in the metaverse. I was like, "Yo, that's pretty dope." That that's gonna be normal though. It's a it is a normal, bro. I need to get my own uh, metaverse Come home. Oh, you gonna go on the first date at the metaverse? This was a grown hey, woman, and she wasn't ugly, bro. She was actually like I thought she was attractive for a white woman. I don't even fuck white women, but she was bad. Like, yo, she told me she had two kids, and she was like, "What's date in the metaverse?" I was like, "What? So what? You can't pull men in real life, because I can talk to you right now." But <laughs> it turns out. Yo, like metaverse home stations are a thing. Like honestly, I need, like I said, I need my own metaverse home so I can invite my friends, a private location so we can just hang out and chill. Like that's the thing. People are doing it, man. 
it's international. It's not just locals. Like people are making friends around the world. Like it's a whole another thing. Like no one oh, cares about your friends in your local city anymore. People care about the friends they have in Amsterdam and Russia. Like no one's doing this whole local friend thing anymore. Everybody is internationally it's, linking up, man. It's, it's crazy. It's like uh, it's like CryptoCon. I mean, not CryptoCon, Comic Con. It's kind of yeah. like that. I don't know if y'all y'all yeah, heard of like CryptoCon, all that stuff. Yeah, I know, I've never been, but obviously I've seen the videos and stuff. I told yeah, my wife I was going to that. She was like, "You on your own," but that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of like your better versus now because you know you get in there, you see people with wings and yeah, and Halo, you know, all kind of crazy all stuff. And stuff. Like, the crazy it is, like the cooler, you know. So it's it's a whole different mindset. So I I could you know see myself. The next the next video chat we do, I will uh I'll throw on my uh actually I planned it before I was gonna be at home, but a uh, little little dip. I've been working into the avatar space. And uh, I'll go ahead and uh, the next video chat, I'll show you my uh, anime's uh, avatar character that I use for my, not full body, but it's like facial tracking a little bit, stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah, man. So what are the, what are the, well, since y'all brought this up, what are the big uh, metaverse platforms? Like, are people meeting up on using the Facebook? Yeah, I, I was saying, was, honestly, it looks like um, Alt, Alt Labs is really picking up on Oculus for, and, um, yeah, on Alt Labs, really Alt Labs and VR chat, but Alt Labs is really the Alt. I'm sorry, Alt Space. I'm sorry, guys. Alt Space is the name of the application. Oculus Quest. That's the one that's really seems to be really seems to be picking up steam on PC VR chat, obviously. And then for the Crypto Bros, it's, it's Decentraland and then Sandbox. Okay. Uh, yeah. My neighbor Alice is still there, but I haven't heard about them in a long time, so I don't know what they've been doing. They yeah, doing. I don't. I, I I don't know what happened to them. And then uh, uh, pop pop pop. Hot Hot Doc City, Polka Doc City is another one. Um, uh, they're doing okay. They're, they've been picking up steam because of Decentraland a couple past couple of years. Uh, that's all I'm tracking right now. Okay. All right. So there was one one more one more thing I want to go over before we get out of here. So what do you think about the um, what's one? What's this called? The the staple coin USDC. Um, the company, the crypto hedge fund, three hours capital. They defaulted on their loan for six hundred seventy million dollars because the, because the crypto market went down. So, what do you all think about people who invest in these stable coins that's supposed to be supposed to be backed and guaranteed? What do you think is going to happen in the future of those? Well, I thought we talked about that before. Carolina, right? These stable coins, all those coins, man, those backed supposed to be pegged to whatever. To me personally, they don't. They never needed to be there. Like if at the end of the day, we were moving into a hybrid, decentralized, centralized blockchain technology environment. Why do we need a middle bridge just so you can get your fiat one to one? That doesn't really, it didn't really make any sense to me personally. And I don't understand why they're simply algorithmic backed uh, stable coins. Historically, has never been successful. So I don't know what you guys are doing. We don't need it. I don't think it necessarily exists. And honestly, at the beginning, I truly believe the reason that we even had these coins stable was so people could do freaking wash trading without getting in trouble. Honestly, I don't see any reason why you need it at all. Just move it back to fiat or keep it in a crypto. I guess it's just there because people feel unsafe. They want a, a potentially fake safe place. It sounds attractive. Because that's all the think about it, all the marketing, it was like zero risk. Keep your money here. It's okay. Protection against volatility of the market. Blah, blah, blah. Always one to one whenever you need it, whatever time. Until a bank run happens. <laughs> Celsius. Like, let's be real. And everybody else that no one's talking about that's crashing to this day. So it's like, no, it never it should, it should have never been there. But that's my opinion. I just think it was there for money laundering, washing, black market kind of stuff, just things that we are currently working to clean out of the crypto environment. Okay. What you so, about you, Weston? 
Yeah, um, I think they'll always be there. Uh, the none, not one algorithmic stable coin is is working. Um, now, well, let me let me back up a little bit. Dye is a, is a unique case. That's the original, you know, the, yeah. the OG. So, but I mean, that's it's it's over collateralized, and it's a whole it's a whole different thing. But like the UST thing, you know, which basically caused the cascade uh, of it. You know, it, it basically was a, a a fake peg coin, like what Marcus was talked about, is is peg one to one, supposedly peg one to one to the U.S. dollar, but it's it's all based on a on an equation, you know, on, on a computer code, and so there was really no funding there, but they were taking the money that people were putting on there, and they were leveraging it, you know, and so they were taking out loans, and then people, these VCs were putting money on there, and then they were taking out leverage, so. What's what's interesting is that the same thing that's happening now with three arrows capital, three arrows capital is huge. I mean, we're talking about billions of dollars from a, a hedge fund. Three arrows capital, BlockFi, Voyager, Nexo. Well, Nexo's not in trouble. I don't, I don't think, but they all were were taking collateral and they were borrowing with each other. And so when one pop, it, it just is cascade. And so, effect, yeah. I mean. This is basically like the 2008 in, in crypto. This is like what we're experiencing now. And it's, it's just so ironic because crypto was created to be the anti-establishment, the anti-bank. But here we are. <laughs> the same It's Hunger Games. It really is like the same stuff that was supposed to be the opposite of what crypto is. And what crypto is the opposite supposed to be what that was has played out in crypto. And so like Lehman Brothers and all these, all these companies that were too big to fail back then, you know, once a bubble pops, it's everything's just being rinsed out. So, um, and me personally, this this is me talking. I think I think uh, USDC in particular will be the, That's the only one. I think, but you know, because because of the relationships that they've established with a lot right. of regulators, I think that will be the CBDC. That's that's coming. That's that's what. No, that's just my personal opinion. I really don't have any proof. Uh, for I, got, that. I got money. I got I have money in USDC. I admit that's why I purchased the only stable coin I do have something in because you're right. The, the the regulations are very happy with USDC. Like you're saying, regulatory senators, it's they're they got some partnerships in the back end. They're they're lobbying yeah. really well. The lobbying I looked into it uh, recently actually. Crypto lobbying has surpassed any other lobbying firm to date. I, so it's yeah, there. The man. policies are the policies are getting the hand the backhand handshaking yeah. is it's getting done. Regulation is here, so yeah. you know, the, the, like I said, the, the ship is sailed. So we we probably could just do a whole episode on stable coins because you know right now, like you look at stuff on CNBC and they're all kind of like lumped in together, you know. And so I'm just like, okay, well, we we need to kind of break down, you know, different types, you know, like this frax one is you know algorithmic and is reserved fraction reserved, and there's USDC. That actually has cash reserves, and then yeah. there was UST, which was just all the uh, algorithm. So you know, it's like it, it just depends, I, I guess. But I'm still waiting um, for Tether to fall. I don't know why Tether. I don't know how man, Tether hasn't fallen yet. Man. I was really, I was literally praying. I was like, "Come on, come on!" Like, come on, do not pray for Tether to fall, man. Yes, I am. Oh, yeah, do to not pray. No, I don't have any Tether. Oh, me neither. But. Man, so the, not, how big the market cap is and how it's going to hurt. Yeah, it's that's like, like, that's like 
Yeah, it's like half our market cap right now. And guess what? Man, we need it. Let's exactly. take that right now, right now, so that when all the market goes down, I can buy as much as I can again. <laughs> Dude, we have it's gonna happen. You it's unavoidable. I'm sorry, but UTT, they've never been Man. successful audited. There, do you know that company is sketch? Every hey. investigation you've ever I've ever seen her at that company. Ugh. Man. No, is it and then praying, for, praying, praying for Tether to fall. It was like asking the Federal Reserve not to put that all that money we was talking about that got pumped into yeah. the quantitative easing. That's, that's like easy. saying, don't give no stimulus and just let it now. That should happen. We uh, need that to happen. Yes, that's what we need it to happen. But, it has to happen. No, people are not ready for that type. I, I'm not ready for that type of pain. People are bro, but if it doesn't happen to, now, think man, about it. I like my chicken wings, happen bro. now. I like my chicken wings. We cannot afford for so, certain bubbles to pop. But when was a good time? If it doesn't happen now, we're in a bear market. We're probably going to be in a bear market for another two years. By the time we build out new things in tech and in, in the blockchain, Tether can't be there, bro. It can't. Because if it falls, when we actually have mainstream people on it, that's going to hurt. That's going to keep the mainstream adults from ever hitting it. If it hurts us right now, we, we're just the geeks. We're already here. We don't care. Let it, let it hurt. Falling, it's, it's not, they're not going to let it. It's just it's that's like saying we're not we weren't going to get that point seventy five interest hike uh, point hike and now people say we're going to get a legit oh, no, I knew that was interest hike. Yeah, I knew it was coming too. So why are you can tell me Tether isn't going to fall? <laughs> no, what I, this is what I'm saying. That's like saying the Federal Reserve. You know, I mean, we know what the Fed does. That's just like saying we need let let the biggest bank in America just let it just just let the biggest one. I don't know if that's Chase. I, yeah, think yeah. Chase. I think it's Chase. I think it's Chase. I think it's Chase. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like saying, dude, Chase got all these bad policies. And they Chase do all this Let Chase pop. We need Chase to pop. Man, do you know what cascade and effect? We talk about soup line territory. I understand how many VC funds will go down. I understand how many bullshit projects will go down. But again, that is what the, what we need in the space right now. Man, personally, to me, so to get the space really cleaned up, with Tether disappeared, man. we would have no more. Like, imagine how many rugs would disappear, how many scans would go. Like, if Tether wasn't around, <laughs> it would be a cleaner space, man. It'd be Tether, another. It'd be another Tether. It'd be pleather. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. The thing is, Tether shouldn't exist. Like, Tether should never have the ability to be able to just print infinite amounts of money and be like, oh, but we're in a unsovereign location, so your rules don't apply to us. We can do what we want. And no, we're never getting audited. And no, you can't see if it's one to one. Like we don't, you don't even know how much money we have in anything. What do you that's mean? <laughs> but that's, but that's crypto, right? That's no, that's not. I'm not I'm a, I'm a project, hey. so I cannot transparently see the liquidity. Code is ever. law. Code is law, right? No, I just said no. If I can't see physically liquidity wise in your code where that wallet is, and look at the wallet treasury, I am not. No, I'm sorry because I can read code. Yo, yo, you're right. Code is law, but your code will add up to logistics and actual numbers. You're a scam. Hey, I'm man. sorry. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to agree to disagree here. I don't like Tether, but if that bubble pop, man, we talk we talking about man, we talking about you know hundred dollar Bitcoin. We talking about Which five dollars. I'm down. And no, I don't want to go that low. Bitcoin will go down to like two grand, not hundred. That's dramatic. And Ethereum, Ethereum now that's gonna go down to like the 120, 135. And honestly, this year I'm thinking Ethereum's gonna hit eight hundred seven point hundred thirty five dollars. Yes, if Tether fell, that's forty percent of the cryptocurrency market, or fifty percent. It's like forty billion. I mean, I don't know what the market happened right now. Last time I checked, it was like forty-four billion. Man, so man. I can imagine half the crypto marketplace lost all that liquidity. 
Yeah, never... it's cut everything down to half. So Bitcoin would go down. Like, we just do that. Bitcoin would go down to like what, seven hey. grand? Tell, yeah, I can see that. And Ethereum would go down to like 200, 300. Man, look, I like my chicken wings. <laughs> and I like. <laughs> just because hey, my bill. Sell, no one's going to sell. I mean, some people are going to sell, but us, we're going to hold, which means it'll, be, it'll bounce. It'll be fine. Okay, so so my next question after the debate. He's like, this guy's um, crazy. He was really like, what's wrong with this dude? He's like, he's, he's wild over here. Um, my last thing, since since uh the fall of all uh, stable coins, some of the stable coins that the market going down, um, some of the uh, brokerage firms, I don't think was it Coinbase. I can't remember what it was called. Coinbase. Uh, other brokers confirms will not allow people to withdraw their money, so, uh, their cryptocurrency or withdrawal or whatever like that. So, what advice would you give people who have like lump sum of money or crypto in Coinbase or Uphold or any of the other crypto brokers companies? What do you recommend mm -hmm. in certain situations like that, or to prevent it? Prevent it. So, we mean, once we're talking about it earlier, man, to be able to like say custody full control of your wallet versus centralized control. Situations like this, this is why I'm, I'm on team custody is because when Celsius shutdown happened, like so some of the smaller decentralized exchanges, some of the smaller centralized exchanges were like pause withdrawals uh, or limited withdrawals. <clears throat> yeah, if you had a ledger, that didn't affect you. You didn't care. <laughs> you were just like, okay, you're the person who decided to keep your money and let somebody else store your keys. Again, not, not your keys, not your crypto, bro. If you're not holding those keys, you don't have any control, period. So yes, any exchanges to be like pause sorry and that's why i that's why actually why i asked winston how you felt about the holding custody versus not because yeah a lot of people are mad about that it's like well you guys weren't educated if i had cold wallets you would know to keep your crypto on your own wallet you can buy on the exchange but transfer it off or now ledger live lets you buy depending where you live crypto built in so you don't even have to go to an exchange they got their partners what was it MoonPay and CoinFi? yeah those are two they partnered with none of them work in louisiana still <laughs> our legislation sucks like they don't i've tried it don't <laughs> just being transparent, anybody who wants to they go and try it. This didn't work. It doesn't work in Louisiana. <laughs> what about you, Mark, uh, Winston? Yeah, yeah. So um, the the majority of your your crypto holdings need to be in cold storage, and you know that's that's just that that should be one on one. You know, blockchain one on one crypto. But the reality is that most people are on wrapping onto to crypto through. Coinbase, Robinhood, PayPal, something similar, because it's easy, right? Ledger Live is easy, but it's not that easy. It's not what my grandma was going to use. It's not. Use Cash App to buy a Bitcoin and keep it there. So, unfortunately, you know, people are learning the hard way about bank runs. People are learning the hard way about liquidity. And crypto teaches you about what liquidity is, you know, it teaches you about trading pairs. You know, it's, there's not like infinite money out here. And a lot of people on the stock side learn. When the whole you know Robin Hood AMC oh, thing happened, they learned about clearing, they learned about liquidity, and they learned that apps crash. And so it's 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 a hard lesson to learn about volatility in the space by a lot of people using apps, but bank runs happen. I mean, in the real world, we saw what happened in Greece around 2009. People were standing outside and they could only get one hundred dollars at the time. And, you know, thankfully, we haven't really had anything like that in the States in a very long time. But the reality is, in your bank account, that can happen. You know, FDIC insurance exists because the bank tells you, like, 
if there is a bank run, if we need to freeze everything, we can only guarantee up to 250. Like everything else is lost. So if we lose everything, you won't we'll guarantee up to 250. But after that, all bets are off. And so, you know, the biggest of the biggest, when when Bear Stearns and Lehman Brothers all them fall, you had no access to, to your capital. Um, yeah, so I, you know, I will definitely spend more time teaching people about cold storage. Unfortunately, man, y'all, most people are still gonna hold their stuff on Robinhood and Coinbase, and et cetera, et cetera. So we just gotta keep preaching that, you know, to everybody. Only use exchange to exchange, you know, that's what it's for. Um, but you know, we're trusting people like we trust in the bank. So as you know, region disclosures is born, you know, terms and conditions, but a lot of them are telling you you're not actually holding crypto, you're holding, you're lending your fiat. Yeah, to- you're lending. You said the key word, a lot of companies put Yeah. Oh, you breaking up. Oh, they don't want him to tell you. <laughs> I don't want people to know. That's what happens every time. Every time. <laughs> every time. Every time oh up. man, man, this 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 was good. This is good. We we had some uh, some banter on here. We went off on some tangents. Talked about <laughs> stuff that you might have to clip out before you post it. But uh... <laughs> we'll be all right. We'll be all right. Oh, um, all right. Well, I went for Marcus to pop back on if you can. He wants to tell people where they can follow you at. Uh, just just look up MetaRise on YouTube, Twitter, LinkedIn, on Audius, and also Theta TV. So MetaRise uh, is where you find my content, um, and then also you know the website MetaRise.tech. Uh, type that in you know, if you're looking for a one-on-one session or a group counseling session, virtual or in person. I'm here in the Metro Atlanta area, so um, but virtually I can meet you anywhere. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Marcus, come back. Uh, of course, yeah. I'm there. You can follow me at uh, Langyup.Legends on IG, uh, Langyup Legends Podcast on Facebook, um, or even with LangyupLegends.com. And make sure you follow and share this episode on Crypto Connection, which you can follow on Facebook, on the Facebook page, Crypto Connection, and a YouTube channel, The Crypto Connection. All right. I don't think Marcus will make it back in time. So uh, thank you all for watching. Tune in. Make sure you put your crypto on a hard wireless. Oh, Marcus coming here. There you go. He just came back. All right, Marcus. Marcus tell the people where they can follow you at, bro. Uh, shoot, Mr. Underscore Rosser on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, my link tree and all those was on my Instagram, Twitter as well. Facebook, YouTube, Mr. Rosser, Marcus Rosser, and uh, Facebook, Marcus Lanier Rosser. All right. All right, y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in. See y'all next time. Peace. Peace.